Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word. It is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us. Praise the Lord. Once again, I'm going to jump right back into Psalms 34, please. Of course, we've been doing a series in our midweeks talking about God is, amen, and all the different uh, attributes and uh, characteristics, mannerisms, so to speak, of God his personality, amen. And of course, we started the whole series out of Psalms 34 and 8, which says, praise God, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, amen. Blessed is the man who trusts in him, praise God. Oh, taste and see, in other words, perceive and experience that the Lord is good. Of course, God is good and good all the time. Pretty much uh, this whole series kind of spins off that because everything you find out about God, it really just comes out of the fact that God is just good and good all the time. And so uh, that's kind of why I wanted to start with that. We talked about many different things, God's merciful, God's love, and God's faithful, you know, God is able. You know, we just kind of, I, I probably are nearly, you know, 10 to 12 different messages that we've done here. Uh, last week we talked about uh, we kind of, in a sense, shifted gears a little bit, uh, talking about how God is my God. In other words, how, bringing out the fact of how personal God is with you and me, amen, and how it needs to be something uh, alive in us, the fact that God, amen, is our God, personal God, amen. He is with us, amen, for us, amen, as we've talked about through many of the different uh, messages, uh, but to understand the fact about how personal Amen. God wants to be with you and me. So I kind of started, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit last week on that. This week I'm going to go uh, back in the Old Covenant again for at least a piece of this, maybe if not, well, probably half of this today. And we're going to talk out of Deuteronomy chapter uh, 30, please. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm going to kind of start with maybe kind of a similar uh, reference. At least around here it can be uh, a similar reference. And... Um, I'm going to talk about how God is your life. Amen. So not only is he your God, but he's also your life. All right. So let's look at that. So uh, Psalm, or probably Deuteronomy 30, verse um, 19 and 20, please. It just says this. I'll go ahead and read through. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, okay, there we go, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, here we go, for he is your life and the length of your days. You notice he says, and the length. So in other words, when he says he's your life, he's not just referring to the, the sense of just uh, you know, longevity per se. He's talking about a, t a, a, a way of life. Or we're talking about really a, a to experience life is what this word here refers to. So he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Now let's back up here and look at this a little bit. Amen. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Now, of course, he just got done talking. We see in the last few chapters here him defining what the blessing is, defining what the curse is, uh, defining how to walk in the blessing and how to basically do nothing and see the curse manifest. 
And he brought out the fact that, you know, he says, I've put before you, or set before you, I think is how the New King James words it, I've set before you life and death, <clears throat> blessing and cursing. Okay, so a lot of times we kind of, you know, we kind of read that real quick and we kind of look at it as the life is dealing with the blessing and death of dealing with the curse. And obviously, they, they obviously go together. But when you kind of begin to look at it, He's, this word here, life, let's define it a little bit. I think it'd help here. It says, uh, this word life is, uh, is kai, uh, kai, pardon me, kai, that's how it's pronounced. And it just means, uh, in a sense, to maintain life. It speaks of something continual or constant. In other words, as far as experiencing life. In other words, he's trying to say a lifeline. It's kind of what it is. I think that's kind of the phrase that jumped in my spirit is that he becomes your lifeline. So he's saying here that there's a way to maintain life, and then he says there's a way to maintain death. Okay, this word death is maveth, okay, is the Hebrew word here, and it means ruin, destruction, or pestilence, which none of that sounds good at all. But it, look at this. It means the place or the state of Hades. Okay, he's talking about hell. He's talking about days like hell on earth. He's talking about... Uh, uh, you know, just living like hell itself, okay? In fact, if you uh, backed up in chapter, uh, to chapter 11 in Deuteronomy, he brings out that uh, you could have, if you follow him, you could have days like heaven on earth. Is how, literally how it words it. Days like heaven on earth. Well, obviously you have a choice here to live like days of heaven on earth or live like days of hell on earth, Okay. So it kind of came down to, uh, you know, you have to make the choice. Now, this word choice, let's define it. Okay, it means to select or decide or determine something. Okay, but get this now, to single out something, but get this, resolve. It means to resolve, settle upon or aim at, require, that kind of stuff. That's some of the synonyms there. But what he's talking about is this word choose or to make a choice here isn't just about selecting something in other words i'd rather do this than that but rather a resolution is what it's referring to in other words something resolve okay so a purpose a purposeful resolution and not just a momentary selection so when you start looking at what this is it's not just saying okay i choose the color red over the color blue or i choose uh you know uh something that tastes like this versus something that tastes like that obviously that's a momentary selection that you're making you're making a choice obviously you're determining uh one way or another but this here is referring about something a little bit more resolute something praise god that you're you're it's a way of life it's you're making a, a quality uh, ongoing choice or decision here, all right? <clears throat> so what he's saying here, uh, if you will choose uh, his way, okay, and in fact, if you kind of look all the way through it, a lot of it deals with obedience, which is something we're going to touch on here in a bit, but it refers to this ongoing intimate relationship with him, of following him, letting him be God, that he may then be your life or your lifeline, okay? So you're choosing the lifeline, you're choosing to experience life on a continual basis versus experiencing death or we could say days like hell on earth, all right? Now, obviously, if you just made a momentary selection, I guarantee you there probably ain't a person out there that's going to say, you know, I'd rather take the days like hell on earth versus the days like heaven on earth. Well, obviously, most anybody in their right mind is going to make, you know, a quality choice there and choose life, okay? 
But he's saying there's, this, this, there's a way of living. He says that if you will choose me, okay, I'm your God. I want to be your God. And if you will choose me to follow me, okay, and like I said, I'm kind of a little bit getting ahead of myself, but this is what he's bringing out. Okay, if you will choose to follow me, you're going to have your life. You're going to have the life you want. You're going to have that quality of life that you've been designed to experience. Amen. You're choosing then life. You're choosing to experience life. Days like heaven on earth. Amen. Versus days like hell on earth. All right. So let's take a look at here now. Uh, so he goes on to say here, uh, choose life, all right, I call, pardon me, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now, this word may live here is um, another, it, it's, remember, life itself is, is defined at, or pardon me, is uh, in the Hebrew is uh, ka'i, ka'i. Okay, whereas this word may live is kaya, okay, it's a little bit different, okay, but what it means, again, is it refers to experiencing life again, but it means stuff like to be quickened, revived, restored, repaired, recovered. So he's talking about here that both you and your descendants may live. In other words, this, if you'll make the right choices, things can begin to shift, things can begin to change. You will now begin to experience the life, the reviving Okay, the restoring, what was some of those other words there? Uh, recovery or repair that maybe is necessary to quicken, amen, something being, life being quickened unto you, amen. So he's saying here, if you will begin to just choose life, choose me, amen, start, you know, making the decisions that I'm going to live in the blessing, okay, which if you remember, uh, you back up there, it all it always came down to a choice uh, in the sense of, you know, following and obeying, okay, as he leads. And if you'll do that, okay, now you're experiencing the blessing, which now means that you're choosing that life that you're called to. Now, I said a lot of that because he makes it pretty clear in here, okay, about how this all works, all right? So he says, if you will do this, not only will it affect your life, but it'll affect the lives of those around you. Now, if you back up in that verse again, he says, I'm calling all, you know, I'm calling all this, uh, you know, basically letting it be known here that I'm, you know, bringing it all before you and saying, listen, I call heaven and earth as a witness today. In other words, there is no excuse here. Okay, that's what he's telling them here. Okay, he's kind of getting serious with them here. He says, you know, I've laid all this out. And he did. If you kind of back up several chapters, you see it multiple times. It's like he brings it out, brings it out, brings it out, brings it out. So there's no question. Okay, what, what's he mean by experiencing life versus experiencing death? What's he mean by walking in that blessing versus walking in the curse? Okay, and he, he said there's, no, there's, no, there's not going to be any kind of excuse here because I've laid it all out there. Okay, now it's up to you what you choose. All right, now I'll be your God and I call you my people. All right. But as I walk and, 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 and breathe into you and speak into you and, and try to lead you, you got to be willing to hang on. you got to be willing to follow. you got to be willing, praise God, to, to wrap yourself around me and let me lead. Let me be your God, praise God. And if you'll do that, you'll experience the life you're called to. Amen. You'll experience the blessing, hallelujah, in its fullness, praise God. And that's the way it's designed to work. So then you get into the next verse here. So you see verse 20 now. And he says, 
that you may love the Lord. In fact, I think it's the, it would be the New Living Translation, and it just says this, uh, you can make this choice. In other words, he says, choose life, right? So, but he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord, by obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him, all right? So he's trying to show you that the way this works, in other words, how you get verse 19 is by doing verse 20, okay? And he says, and uh, the New Living Translation brings out too, this is the key to your life. I like how that words, how it's worded. This is the key to your life. In other words, amen, doing these things. So he gives three things, love God, obey Him, amen, obey His voice, and then cling to Him, okay? So there's three different things mentioned here. All right, so let's look at those real quick. Uh, the word love here is ahab, is, is the Hebrew word, which actually refers to uh, an association with, a dear companion or friend, to have affection or attachment or devotion to, okay? So what he's talking about is it starts with this intimacy, this friendship, okay? Now, that's what we focused on last week, you know. He wants to be your God. Okay, here he's saying is, I want to be your life. So in order for that to work, I want to be your God, and you have to be willing to say, I'll let you be my God. All right? So how does that work? Well, first it starts with that relationship. And I believe we touched on that some last week, and I'll probably even touch on it again some more next week. All right? But the, the point being made is that the more intimate you can become with your God, the more of a friend you become with God, the better this all works. So it starts with a friendship. It starts with a companionship. You know, as I, I've brought out in this series, you know, we, we see people like Moses who uh, he, you know, uh, talked with God face to face as a friend would talk uh, to another friend. OK, uh, we see and Abraham was referred to a friend of God. Amen. Where David was a man after God's own heart. Amen. All of these things uh, uh, signify the fact that they had a relationship with. All right. And again, as I brought out, I believe it was last week, uh, talking about how many of these patriarchs of faith, amen, and um, not just in the Old Covenant, but also some of our patriarchs of faith in the New Covenant, the Word says that they walked with God. They conversed with God, a word that literally means to carry on small talk, to begin to commune and fellowship as you would with a friend. That's all it means. Okay, so when we talk about loving God, this is what this particular Hebrew word brings out here. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to befriend God. I'm going to begin to communicate with God. I'm going to begin to be a friend with God. Amen. I'm going to have that one-on-one that -on -one conversation going on. Amen. You know, when you start thinking about things like prayer, uh, you know, the, the effectiveness of prayer, uh, it comes because it's, it's, it's communication going both ways. When, you know, to really be effective, it needs to have communication going both ways, where you're not only just putting out this wish list or putting out this, uh, you know, list to God of what you want done. Instead, what you're doing is you're communicating, you're making, uh, you know, you're making your stand and you're, you're making declarations. And at the same time, you're being sensitive and listen to let God communicate back, to lead you in things, to show you things, to give answer to things, praise God, to give insight and help, praise God. Uh, you know, we've talked about quite a bit on our Sunday services about resistance of the enemy and how important that is to let God just lead you in the midst of these things. All of this spells out this intimacy, this communion, this fellowship, this friendship, amen, that he's talking about here, that the more of that that's intact, 
the better all of this works. The more of that that's intact, the more you're going to have the life that you're called to. That's why he says he wants to be your life. Amen. He's saying, let me, amen, empower you. Let me lead you. Let me help you. Praise God. Amen. So the first word here, he says, as, as I said, to love, it says, love the Lord. Amen. Love the Lord your God is how it begins. All right. So, and again, that association with keeping company, walking with God. Hallelujah. Um, the next one, and then it talks about obeying his voice. Okay. Which is so key. In fact, when you really get into the blessing, that is, that's probably one of the primary keys to all of it is, you know, having, uh, you know, you're hearing, you're being led, and then you follow it. So, in other words, obey his voice. Now, again, um, talked about his voice. Uh, his voice is referring to something personal again. Okay. Uh, you know, it isn't always just following uh, the scriptures in the sense of reading something and then following it. Although I'm not taking away from that. That's all necessary. There's a place obviously for all of that. Amen. And obviously you need to spend time in the word uh, so that you can discern the voice uh, of God. Uh, you know, that's a part of it. But understand, God wants to communicate with you on a daily basis, amen, and communicate with you personally. So he's bringing out again that that's why that it all starts with loving the Lord your God. It all starts with that intimacy. It all starts with that companionship, that friendship, amen. It all starts with that personal relationship that you have with him. And then it says, then... You begin to follow when he begins to lead, when he begins to talk to you, begins to uh, put that bidding or that prompting in your heart, begins to maybe give you that witness on the inside about something that you're going through or something that's happening in your life, something about your family, your marriage, your, your business, whatever it is. God will talk to you about all kinds of things if you'll let him talk. But it does start with that friendship. It starts with that connection. It starts with that communication that goes on back and forth. And then as he communicates, now it says you got to be willing to follow that. Amen. If you want to walk in that blessing, if you want to experience the life that you're called to, then you're going to want to follow when that voice leads. Amen. In fact, uh, many references, but you get into like the book of Hebrews and you see chapter 3 and chapter 4, and he, he brings out multiple times today if you will hear the voice of God. Amen. If you will hear his voice. Amen. In fact, you get into like Hebrews 12, and he brings out about the importance of not rejecting or refusing the one who speaks to you from heaven. Amen. And he brings out the warning that that is what happened uh, to the children of Israel. And he wants it to be known. Amen. In Scripture, he says, let it be, to let it be known that he does not want to see us follow in those same footsteps. Amen. But to give heed. Amen. That's one of those key words in there. To give heed when God begins to lead and guide and direct. Amen. So here he's saying, not only do you love the Lord your God, but you also obey the voice. See, when he speaks, you got to be willing to obey. Now you're thinking, okay, why is all this? Well, see, he's talking about if you want the life, if, you, if, you, if you're going to allow him to be your life, not only be your God, but be your life, amen, then this is how it works. It starts with that companionship. It starts then following he leads. You know, many, uh, the word even brings out in, in uh, Romans 8, talking about as many as are led by the Spirit of God, amen, are, are the sons of God. And that word there is weos, which means mature ones. So in other words, the more you're going to let God lead you, the more mature you are, amen. 
if you just refuse to let God lead you, then that might, that might, you know, might show a little bit of immaturity there. Amen. And nobody wants to, you know, be immature. Amen. But according to Scripture, a big part of your maturity level is going to be based on how well you're going to let God lead and how well you're going to follow when He does lead. It's just key. Now, back here in Deuteronomy, we see not only uh, do we love the Lord your God, but then it says you also then obey the voice, you know, when He speaks. But then it says something else in that, in that verse. It says that we are called to cling, so that you may cling to Him. Amen. Cling to Him, for He is your life. Amen. Cling to Him. Now, this word uh, cling uh, is a word, uh, dabak, okay? I don't even know if I pronounced that one. I might have butchered that word a little bit. Uh, but it means to be joined together, to stick to or abide to, abide fast, another word there, uh, to seek after or firmly embrace, okay? But it refers to, uh, to pursue, in a sense, to catch by pursuit or pursue hard after. Uh, scriptures uses even words like to follow close. I think it's like maybe Psalm 63 or something in there. Uh, but he's talking about follow close. It's all that's with that same word in there, same wording. Okay, but it's talking about, I mean, you're moving in. So not only are you uh, developing a, a relationship, not only are you listening and following, amen, but now it's literally like you've clinged to him, okay, because he is your life. So you're recognizing he's my life. He's my all in all. So this is here telling us I'm looking to him as if he's my everything. And because I cling to him, because I have wrapped myself, embraced him, the fact that I understand that he is my all in all. Amen. And when you do that, praise God, what you now will, or what you will do now is experience you and your descendants will start experiencing life, the life you're called to. Now, a good example of, of this clinging. Okay, what it means to cling, at least this, what in our, uh, uh, the New King James uses the word cling. I'm not sure what the Old King James uses there, but as I said, it means to embrace, to follow close after, to press in, uh, in a sense of pursuit. Okay, in other words, I can't live without it. That's what it refers to. All right, now a good example is Jesus. Jesus had a graze. He says, I can't of myself do nothing. Amen. As I, as I see, I do, as I hear, I follow. In fact, let's, let's go look at some of them references. Uh, John chapter, uh, let's start with John chapter 4. That's what we'll do. John chapter 4. And I want to just show you some references uh, in the light of what we're hearing here. Uh, John 4, and I'm going to go to verse 34. I think it's where I'm going to start with this. And what we have in context... Uh, Jesus uh, was talking, uh, you know, of course, the, him and the posse all kind of go into town. He stops at the well, the, the, um, you know, it's at the edge of the city there, and, and the boys go in to, you know, look for food and, uh, you know, get some supplies and things. And so he's standing there uh, talking now with a gal that came to get water at the well, and, of course, he has this conversation with her and uh, talking about him being the, the living water. And, of course, the uh, dialogue goes back and forth, and, and then the boys show up coming back, and they notice he's sitting there talking uh, with, with this uh, gal. Of course, there's a lot kind of said in the middle of this, but I'm just kind of jumping in, uh, you know, kind of trying to bring you to this verse. 
And basically, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, you know, do you need something to eat? He says, I've already ate, you know, in a sense, okay. And they're thinking, well, where did you get food? What, you know, where did you get, you know, who fed you? What, what? They're, they're trying, they're, you know, they're trying to figure this all out, okay. He's sitting there talking to this person, and he's, you know, they just they've got a lot of question marks going on. Well, he makes the statement then in verse 34. He said to them, my food, all right, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I mean, kind of a, uh, you know, a quick statement there. And you understand, of course, you know, God's going to do his will. You know, Jesus is going to do the will of the Father, obviously. Okay. And, but it says, and to finish what he's called to do. All right. But he said, he called it this way. He says, he's my food. My food is to do what he's leading me to do. In other words, my nourishment, my sustenance, that word means. But it's, it kind of goes back down to that lifeline. He's my lifeline. You start breaking it all down. That's exactly what he's talking about. He says, I'm, I'm, I cling to whatever he says. Whatever he leads me to do is what I do. Whatever he bids me to say is what I say. I'm here to finish what I'm supposed to finish. And I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. And if I do his will, it's what feeds me. It's what nourishes me. It's what sustains me is what that means. It literally becomes my lifeline. So what you first start seeing here is it's your understanding, okay, Jesus knew, amen, that without him, I have nothing. Okay, let's look at another one in John 5, okay. John 5, verse 19, okay. Jesus answered and said to them, of course, again, talking uh, to uh, the disciples here, and he says, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. That's pretty, pretty blatant. Okay, I can do nothing of myself. We're talking about the Savior of all mankind, the Son of God himself. And he says, I can of myself do nothing. Okay, all right. But what, what he sees, in other words, he's saying, what I see the Father do, in other words, by the Spirit, I mean, he's perceiving something, beholding something, it means, to see something. So somehow God is showing him things, amen, that what I see the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Okay, now hang on to that, Seth. He's saying, listen, everything I do, I see him do it, that's what I do. Whatever I, I behold, whatever I perceive, whatever I begin to see by the Spirit, God's leading, that's what I do. Okay, that's what he told the woman at the well. Okay, that's what he told the disciples there at the, at the well. He's letting everybody be, uh, my sustenance is doing what he says. He is my lifeline. Okay, go to verse 30, the same chapter, chapter 5, verse 30. He said, I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus again. I can of myself do nothing. Now, I want to say this to you, okay. John 15 and 5, Jesus said, you can of yourself do nothing. Okay, all right, so without him, you're in trouble, is what he's saying, all right? So Jesus is just letting me know, I can't of myself do nothing. In other words, without, without the Father, I have nothing here, okay? I can't of myself do nothing as I hear, okay, now he's talking about hearing something. I judge, in other words, my judgment call, because what that means is based on what I hear. What I hear, I judge, and my judgment, okay, what I, my judgment calls, what he's referring to, the do or don't, move forward, not, all that my judgment is righteous. In other words, it's right before God because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. 
Now, the, again, I'm trying to show you, the, trying to give example what it means to cling. See, he understands, amen, that without him, I have nothing. My life is so wrapped up in him. My life is because of him. I cling to him for he is my life. That's what, that's what he's saying. Everything I do, how I hear, what I see, that's what I do. Now, many times we've brought this up, especially in this series. Amen. We've talked about it many times about the fact that Jesus lets it be, let it be very clear. Amen. That, uh, you know, that every move he made, every decision he did, every word he said, okay, how he addressed things. He took the time to hear from heaven or see things by the Spirit, and he follows it. And when he did it, he became very successful. Amen. Now, you know as well as I do, there probably wasn't another person on the planet as successful as Jesus. How much he got done just in a few years of ministry, okay, before he laid his life down for you and me. Okay, those three, basically three and a half years of, of this moving forward, doing and performing all the things he did based on being led by God, amen, how successful he was in a short span of time, all because he listened and he saw things, amen. And we know many times the word is so clear about the fact that he would go off to pray, he'd get alone with God. I think I used the illustration a few weeks back about when he's standing before the woman uh, that was caught in the act of adultery and how he took the time that when he was you know, being quizzed by uh, the uh, spiritual leaders there, uh, he took the time, he got quiet, doodled on the ground. All of that spells the fact that he got still before God and to wait till he had a leading from God. And he got a leading and he said the exact words that the Spirit of God gave him and when he did, amen, it's like it diffused everything. Everything was, you know, all of a sudden they all left, and that, then it gave him an opportunity to minister to that woman. And, of course, took the opportunity because there was other folks around that he ministered to as a result of it. But took advantage of all of that because God gave him a witness, showed him what to do or what to say in that case. Amen. And he did it. Now, the point I'm trying to make is Jesus understood this uh, reference of cling to him for he is your life. He understood that. And Jesus is trying to get that across to you and me. Let's look at another reference in chapter 12 of John, please. John 12. And the last couple verses of chapter 12, verse 49 and 50, uh, we see some, uh, some more of it being said here. Again, Jesus talking. And he says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command or an utterance, is what that means, what I should say and what I should speak. All right, and I know, now get this, I know that his command or utterance, okay, in other words, the voice, his, his utterance, his voice, his command is everlasting life. In other words, it's what attaches you to life. This word uh, everlasting life, the word everlasting is a word that means perpetual, okay? The word life is the Greek word zoe, okay? So he's talking about absolute life, perpetual life. I think the old King James words, it kind of reverses it. So I think it says, uh, is life everlasting, I think is how it's worded in the old King James. Okay, but he's referring to a perpetual life. In other words, uh, everything, how he leads, amen, is what attaches me 
to life. He's saying the same thing he said earlier in the book, okay, when he says that this, what he says is what sustains me. It's my lifeline. So what he's saying again is I cling to what he says, okay? And he goes on to say, therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So again, we're seeing the witness or the example of a man that clings to him, for he is his life. He's my lifeline. Amen. So now you get back there and you start thinking about everything that Moses is bringing out in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, understanding the fact that there's life, there's death, there's the blessing, there's curse. He says, if you want to stick and stay connected to the life that you're called to, or you want to you know, just blow it all off and, and stay connected to death or the curse, he's trying to bring out that the difference of this is loving God, in other words, befriending God, communing with God, obeying them when he leads, and staying in a sense of of clinging to him because you understand that he's literally your lifeline. God wants to be that. He wants to be your life. Amen. I think of another example of some of this. Um, uh, in, we've taught many times about the breath of God. Uh, you get in like Job. Uh, I see Elihu talking to uh, Job and his friends in uh, chapter 33. Of Job and verse 4, he says this that the Spirit of God. Now, this is Elihu talking to Job and his friends, okay? He says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty, here we go, gives me life. He's saying the exact same thing. Elihu understood that you have to live off what God says. Amen. In other words, God has to be your life. Amen. He's literally the breath of of life to me. In fact, that word breath means vital or vibrant breath, and it refers to a breath of life. It refers to that divine or creative inspiration, or it means literally to be inspirited. Amen. So we see it's the same thing that we know in Genesis 2, uh, verse 7, when he breathed the breath of life uh, into Adam, and now then he became this living being, or literally a being made to speak. I mean, a speaking spirit is what it means. Amen. You get into chapter three, and you see where the garden after the fall, even when he's here, he is he comes back into the garden, and he's trying to, you know, he's wanting to commune with uh, Adam and Eve. Amen. In the cool of the day, which literally means the breath, the wind, the current, or the breath. Amen, of the day. In other words, which means is he's trying to bring out through the scriptures here, all the way through scripture, he's talking about his spirit, his breath. Amen. What it is, it's about, amen, that he becomes your lifeline. Amen. Let me breathe into you every day. Let me speak into you. Let me, amen, bring utterance into you every day because I'm your life. I want to not only be your God, I want to be your life. I want to be your lifeline. Amen. And when you look at Elihu, I think it's uh, uh, even in Job uh, chapter earlier, Job 32, and I, I think it's around verse 8, and he says that that breath is what brings understanding. It's what, it's what brings wisdom and understanding and begins to help me. I mean, all I'm trying to show you is that Elihu, even uh, as Jesus, amen, understood the fact that God is his lifeline. That's, they just understood that. Amen. I, 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 I don't do good outside of God. So I start looking at 
you know, these men, and I look at uh, people that uh, understand, amen, that without God breathing into me every day, without God speaking into me every day, without God uttering something into me every day, what happens, I'm, 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 I've got a life not worth living hardly because what happens is now it's, instead of attaching to life, I'm attaching to that days like hell on earth, that Hades, that, that death, that word death. Instead of uh, you know, attaching to days like heaven on earth, I've attached myself now to days like hell on earth. Instead of attaching to the blessing, I've attached myself to the curse. So we have to understand that how vital it is to have, uh, you know, this connection with God. Let's, let's look at another one. Uh, Paul brings out in the book of Colossians. Um, I think this is, this will do pretty good here too. Colossians and chapter 3, please. I think this is another good reference. Let's read a few verses in this. And it says, if then you were raised with Christ, this is verse 1, so if he, uh, pardon me, Colossians 3, 1, it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So where is he at? He's by the right hand of God. Okay, so in other words, he's saying, listen, if you've been saved, if you've received him, okay, now it says, you, you know, you look to him. That word seek literally means to make movement toward literally speaks of a sense of a spiritual movement toward, okay? In other words, it's the same, saying the same thing here. Now, hang on. Set your mind on things above, right? Not on things of the earth. In other words, in other words we're setting my, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion. We're attaching yourself to higher things. He goes on. For you died. In other words, you, you've already you know, laid down your life, so to speak, by receiving Christ. The old you is gone. The old man's gone. The new man now is alive in Christ. He says, for you died and your life, look at this, your life, your life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, all, he's saying the same thing. Now, your life is in God. So Paul's letting it be known to the church at Colossae here. He's letting it be known, listen, your whole life is in God. You know, you made a decision to meet, to take Christ you know, to receive him as Lord, which now attaches you to the kingdom of God, the family of God, the, uh, the family of faith, so to speak. And you made a decision to lay down the old man, to, and now you're, you're, you know, put on the new man. Of course, I'm, you can kind of read all through this. You're going to see all this. Amen. You, so you put on now the new man. He says, and he goes on, he says, your life is in him. The life you're called to is in him. And then verse 4 says this, when Christ who, here we go, is our life, appears, that literally means to be revealed or uncovered, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that's not talking about someday in the sweet by and by. This whole thing in context is talking about if you want to experience the life you're called to, experience the magnitude of his glory manifesting in your life, if you want that, then the more you attach yourself to him, the more you look to him, the more that he's revealed, and the more that he's revealed, the more of your life that comes to pass. See, that's what he's talking about. As, you, as he's revealed, more of your life becomes revealed. And now it appears, okay, the life that you're called to begins to manifest or appear or be revealed is what it means. And he's talking about in here, amen, that you begin to experience the life you're called to. But you have to understand that your life is in him. Amen. 
uh, back in um, uh, Luke 10 and uh, verse 28, um, we see in context one of the religious leaders, uh, I believe they refer to him as a lawyer, I think is what they refer to him as in that text. And he comes up and he says, how do you experience, what do I have to do to experience eternal life? What do I have to do to experience that life that I'm called to? Okay, this perpetual life. Well, he goes on, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, uh, you know, uh, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think in that text, uh, Jesus asked him, what's the scriptures? You know, what do they say? And that's, I think that's what he answered. He said, well, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And Jesus said, good job. He got the pat on the back. He says, he said this in that verse 28 of Luke 10. He says, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. In other words, you'll experience the life you're called to. That's how you attach yourself to life. All right. All right. Now I'm kind of getting ahead because this is something I'm going to spin off into next week. All right. But he makes it very clear. This is how you experience life. Now, the amplified of that same verse, this is Mark 10, or probably Luke 10, 28. It says this. He says, if you'll do this, you will live. And he said this this way. You will enjoy active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. If you will do this, if you'll love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, if you will do it, if you will make him, if you will cling to him, okay, for he is your life, if you will do that, then you will enjoy an active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Amen. And again, all of this is saying, praise God, hallelujah, that God is our life. Amen. And I will cling to him. I will not only love God in a sense of relationship, maintain a relationship with him, not only obey his voice, amen, as he speaks, I will follow, but I'm going to cling to him, praise God, because he is my life. He's my lifeline. Amen. And I recognize that. And just like Jesus, just like Paul, just like Elihu, we, examples we use. Amen. And this lawyer, as he made mention to this, this uh, religious leader here. Amen. If you will do this, amen, you'll enjoy that blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I hope you got something today. Praise God. Father, I give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you for a people that are near to hear and a heart to receive today. Once again, I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for a people, hallelujah, that love you, that obey, hallelujah, and that will cling to you with all, uh, every fiber of their being. And for that, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.